Here we go, episode 13 of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants, with myself, Lauren. And me, Graham. And we're doing another week's worth of episodes. We're on episode 13, and that can be unlucky for some, but I think it's going to be our best yet. Lucky, hopefully, yes, very lucky. Hopefully, very lucky. I don't know if it's because we've had so many chocolates and I'm feeling on a sugar high, but happy Easter, by the way, Dad. Yeah, yeah, happy Easter, everybody. And this week, obviously, there's no football going on at the moment, and last week we looked at the Premier League's greatest ever goalkeepers and defenders, and this week we're going to look at midfielders. So we've picked four midfielders each and we don't know who each other's picked. We know that we haven't picked the same one. So we've got eight different midfielders that potentially are in our eyes the greatest midfielders to ever play in the Premier League so far. Just before we start, what makes a great midfielder for you? Well, I can, I'll go through that as I'm going through each individual one because they are a little bit different. But we've just been having a debate now whether is it wingers or midfielders. I've got traditional wingers I haven't picked but you think Sterling's a midfielder well this is what I'm going by in fantasy football theoretically Sterling is a midfielder and Salah and Mane no way they're well they're not forwards forward. can't get 30 goals a season in the midfield for me, theoretically Firmino is the only forward really and Origi Liverpool makes no sense but anyway I've picked traditional okay. old-fashioned midfielders not old old but old-fashioned midfielders Okay, well, you go with your first midfielder then. So here we go. Well, this is no surprise that I've picked Man United legend Roy Keane. Roy Keane, what a fantastic player. Played 450 Premier League matches and scored 56 goals. Started at Cobe Ramblers over in Ireland. His first team in England was Notts Forest, signed by Brian Clough. All right. Played 114 matches. So he was, a, he was an influential player at Forest. 22 goals, 114 matches. Man United, of course, his main team, 326 games, a goal every 10 games, 33 goals, 10 games at Celtic, I'd forgotten about that, 10 games at Celtic, got a goal there. He played for the Republic of Ireland 67 times, scoring nine goals. He was an incredibly influential player for Man United over a number of years. Corblame, was he a tough player, he was a joint I think he is a still joint record holder for the most number of red cards oh, really? in his career. 13 red cards. 13? Um, 13. Every one of them pretty brutal as well, I imagine. <laughs> he managed Sunderland and Ipswich. Always controversial. Good on the television when he's a pundit. Likes to say uh, things a bit outspoken. Remember, he was a loyal... I mean, uh, the United fans loved him, but he upset him a bit when he talked in 2000 about the Prawn Sandwich Brigade when the fans weren't uh, making enough noise. He called them all the Prawn Sandwich Brigade. They're What's all <laughs> off eating the prawn, prawn sandwiches rather than watching the football. I say he uh, discovered for Forest. Actually got relegated when he was at Forest. I'm just reading an interesting report on that. The year they got relegated, he'd agreed to sign for Blackburn Rovers. So four million oh, quid. Right. Four million quid, and it was all signed, sealed, done, deal, and... Delivered. There was an admin error, and Man United stepped in. Good God. So, yes, yeah, so Man United stepped in, and Roy Keane ended up going to uh, Man United. Very controversial. Had a couple of spats with Alf Inge Hyland of it? Leeds, and that was quite nasty. And Patrick Vieira, him and Patrick Vieira always like to have a bit of a set to. But he was incredibly successful. Seven Premier Leagues with United, four FA Cup wins and a Champions League in the PFA Team of the Century. So a really incredible player. I bumped into him, not bumped into him, he wouldn't want to actually. I walked past him in Blackpool once and actually he's a bit shorter than you expect. But even though he was off... <laughs> he short as him? It was definitely him. Even <laughs> It was near a gym actually. Even though he wasn't... 
In his prime, he still looked pretty mean, actually. He wouldn't mess about with him. But what a fantastic player. Well done, Roy Keane. He's a bit before my time. What was he like as a midfielder? He was very well, very aggressive, very dominating. Like a holding midfielder? Uh, yeah, holding. He, well, he got a goal every 10 games, so he scored goals as well. He was quite creative. He just ran the midfield. He was very dominant. He just roughed things. Never captained. Oh, yeah, he captained United for a number of oh, years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was a fantastic player. So from one Man United legend to another, I've gone for a football superstar and icon, David Beckham. So he made his debut for Man United in 1992, age 17. I mean, his Premier League debut was in 1995, playing four times that season. So he was still just working his way into the team. And Man United obviously finished second to Blackburn Rovers that year. So that was his Premier League debut. And he's part of the Fergies, Fledglings, the young talents, Nicky Butt, Gary and Phil Neville that were coming through. And they started to replace some of the older guys like Paul Ince, Mark Hughes when they left. And he played with Man United from 1995 to 2003, that was in the Premier League. Won six Premier League titles, two FA Cups, Champions League in 1999, scored 62 goals in the Premier League and 80 assists. You forget how many assists he actually got. Obviously, right wing, number seven shirt. He wasn't actually particularly that fast, David Beckham, but one of the world's best ever dead ball specialists, I think, well, ever, really. You need to look at the fact that he had a film named after him, 2002, Bend It Like Beckham. An icon, an icon for football, and he was the first English player to win league titles in four different countries, England, Spain, America and France. I forget that he played for Paris Saint-Germain. For me, David Beckham, I know he's very much like a style icon and uh, gone on to be extremely famous. And he's now managing, just set up his own club, isn't he, in America? Uh, yes, he has. Yeah, Miami, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And he partly owns Salford. I'm not sure if he's involved at Salford, oh, I thought he was. Well, anyway, so he's doing a lot in terms of managerial stuff. And obviously, he's an icon for football. But I don't think you can argue that he's one of the greatest midfielders ever to play. Yeah, no, I wouldn't deny that at all. I'm going to say one of the best dead ball specialists. Probably the first, real first big dead ball specialist there was. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So David Beckham was my first pick. Okay, so my second, I've just done Roy Keane and now I've got one of his biggest rivals. So that same era, Patrick Vieira. Born in Senegal, played for France 107 times. Vieira was an absolute superstar. So yeah, he was very famous, obviously, in his time at Arsenal between 1996 and 2005. 279 games, 29 goals. He then went on to Juventus, into Milan and uh, Man City. I've forgotten about Man City, actually. For Patrick Vieira went to Man City. Patrick Vieira, I do remember him going to City, actually. Did really well at at Milan, actually. Won four Serie A titles. So 456 career games altogether. And at Arsenal, he won three Premier Leagues and three FA Cups. And famously won the World Cup with France in 1998. 2000, 2001, he was a Premier League player of the season in the English Football Hall of Fame and 2003-2004 of course he was part, a big part of the Invincibles Patrick Vieri really was a what they could describe as a box to box player, somebody who uh, had an incredible engine, never stopped running never gave up good tackler, good in the air good on the floor, good vision I say him and Roy Keane had several spats so he was a tough nut as well but he was a real influence on Arsenal 
dominated midfield, real sort of dominant runs, really fast out of defence and heading up the pitch. So yeah, really, really good quality player in a good quality team at the time. So, so he was kind Patrick of like the Vera. middleman going... Yeah, central midfield, real dynamo, 90 minutes, backwards, forwards, box to box. That's what they call a box to box midfield player. Okay, well, I've gone for a current midfielder. He's still going. Arrived at Man City after the World Cup in 2010, where he actually won it with Spain. Bought by Roberto Mancini. It is, of course, David Silva. So his transfer went somewhat under the radar, actually, when he joined the club. He was kind of overshadowed by Jerome Boateng and Yaya Toure. But 10 seasons on and he's still with Man City and he has announced actually that this is going to be his last season with the club, which I didn't realise. It's just going to be a real shame for them, but 10 seasons and he has gone down as an icon for Man City. 301 appearances, 57 goals, 90 assists, which is a joke, 208 wins overall in his career and 48 losses. With Man City, he's won four Premier League titles, two FA Cups. And I think we all, when we think of David Silva, his quick passing, wizard-like sense of creativity, can always see the pass, very intelligent player. In comparison to the players we've picked so far, not the most physically dominant in comparison to someone like Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane, but he gives a different type of midfielder to those guys. Like I said, just very creative on the ball. And obviously, at the end of the season, he is a free agent. So he could be going anywhere. Yeah, well, I think, he, yeah, somebody will snap him up. He's a, he's a top, has been and will continue to be for a couple of years, I'm sure, a top quality midfielder. What a brilliant signing. I'm not sure who, was it Mancini said yeah, signed Roberto him? Yeah, Mancini good, what a good signing him. that was. Great player. Yeah, really good. And I think he'll probably go back to Spain. That's what I reckon to finish off his career. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't know, actually. I'm not sure. So the next one, I've, I've gone for a current player. Really not not had the most illustrious career, but I think if you want to find an influential player in midfield, then uh, N'Golo Kante yeah. uh, is a really influential player. Starting in his native France with Boulogne and Cannes, and then he went to Leicester, and that's the season I'm really focused on. He played 37 matches, scored a goal, and of course, famously, they won the Premier League. And I think... Hand on heart, you would say they wouldn't have won the Premier League if it wasn't for Angolo Kante. Yeah, I would agree. Steve Walsh, who was an ex-centre-back. I mean, amazing. He scouted and found Vardy from Fleetwood, Mares from wherever Mares came from, and also Kante. So he picked up those three players for Leicester from his scouting trips. Incredible, really. In the season where Leicester won the title, he was in the PFA Team of the Year. He was Leicester City's Player of the Year. And that season, he made 175 tackles, wow. 31 more than any other player. And he made 157 interceptions, 15 more than any other player. So he was a real playmaker. He broke up play and he started play. Again, a very old-fashioned midfielder, uh, sitting in front of the defence, stopping the defence coming under pressure, picking up the ball, making the tackles, and then creating further down the pitch. Very unassuming, very quiet, but really influential. He then went on to Chelsea, of course. 123 matches at Chelsea, nine goals. Probably not quite as influential, but I think he just had one of those seasons where he just was out of this world. So his record, he's won two Premier Leagues with different clubs. That's quite an achievement. Leicester and Chelsea won the FA Cup and the Europa League as well with Chelsea. He's still in the middle of his career. But like I say, if you want to pick somebody who's influenced 
a season above anybody else, I'd pick N'Golo Kante. There's been quite a lot of debates with his Chelsea career in particular, because I think, like you say, we saw him at his best in Leicester. Would you have him in a more defensive role or more attacking role? With Jorginho in the squad, there's been so much back and forth with Chelsea. Where would you think he's best suited? Well, I think he did such a good job at Leicester in that. I think he plays quite deep. And like I said, the interceptions and tackles tell you that he does play quite deep. Well, look, he can be doing that further up the pitch as well. I think he's playing wherever he wants. He's one of those players that never stops running. Same as Vieira, got a huge engine. He just never, never stops. He's a real, uh, real team player as well. Very quiet. Yeah, really good. My third midfielder that I've picked, I don't know if you would necessarily expect me to pick this, but he is a Turkish footballing legend. It is, of course, two guy. You're my Turkish delight. Very good. <laughs> Most known for his time at Blackburn Rovers. So he was bought by Graham Suness from Rangers in 2001 for £1.3 million. And really interestingly, I didn't realise they actually bought him when he was 30 years old. So he was kind of towards the, not towards the end of his career, but 30 years old. He's maybe not a spring chicken for football. And he scored his debut goal for the club in October 2001 in a 7-1 home thrashing against West Ham, where he scored a trademark effort from outside the box, lobbing the keeper. Derry primarily a deep-lying playmaker in midfield, 233 appearances for Blackburn Rovers, and he scored 11 goals. But I'm pretty sure all 11 goals were just classics. He's a very, very good midfielder. And really interestingly, in 2006, Alex Ferguson suggested that if he were 10 years younger, then two guys' ability would have made him an ideal player for the Old Trafford team. And then when Mark Hughes, who was manager at the time, when he was asked if he too wished two guys was 10 years younger, he said no, because if he was, he'd be playing in a Barcelona shirt, which I thought was really appropriate. And it shows what a great skill and talent he was. Yes, okay, he didn't win anything under Blackburn Rovers, but... A really, really good player. Gave his heart and soul to the team and we loved him as fans, didn't we? Yeah, good choice. Yeah, he was very, very popular too, Guy. And another hard worker. I think that's one of the really one of worker. the real sort of criteria for a good, solid midfield player is that hard working ethic. And he certainly uh, won over the fans with his hard work and tenacity. I think there's a bit of sadness in that we didn't see him maybe as exuberant youth. I mean, like I said, he joined Blackburn when he was 30 and I think what I said about Alex Ferguson shows that everyone really rated him as a midfielder. And probably his best season was 2002-2003, where Rovers finished sixth. That's probably one of our best seasons in the Premier League, I'd say. Two Guy and David Dunn with a spine in midfield, with Damien Duffel on the flanks, and then Dwight York and Andy Cole up front. Yeah, good team. Really good team. So maybe not your traditional, okay, didn't win anything. But in terms of midfielders with a lot of class, a lot of style, great for the football team. Okay, slightly biased that we are Blackburn Rovers fans, but Two Guy is up there with one of my best midfielders of all time. Well, apologies for the bias again. I'm, it's terrible, this isn't it? I'm going to pick a Blackburn. Have you? This is awful, but it's a good choice because it's Tim Sherwood who played 483 matches, scoring 50 goals, started at Watford in 1987. Moved on to Norwich, where he's played 71 games, got 10 goals, and he had seven seasons at Blackburn. He was signed by Kenny Dalgleish, of course, who ended up winning the title at Blackburn, signed by Dalgleish. And he was a very, again, another influential player. So I think midfield players who really influenced the team. He was definitely one of those, actually. And uh, I watched a lot of the matches when he was there, and it was always, I thought, when... 
when Sherwood was on form, we were on form. One of those players that if he was having a good match, the team were having a good match. Red actually that Jack Walker, of course, the big beneficiary of the club who was putting some cash into the club at the time. Dalgleish wanted to sign a few special players, including Zidane. Oh, really? And uh, genuine, yeah, they did in those days. Good. And Jack Walker said to Dalgleish, why would you want to sign Zidane when you've got Tim Sherwood? Brilliant. The only trophy ever won his career was the Premier League trophy, of course, 94-95. Didn't win much. He played 30 matches, very consistent, between 92 and 98. He played 30-plus matches every season without fail for Blackburn. Brilliant. And in the 94-95 uh, season, he was in the PFA Team of the Year. Only played three England matches and so never quite got his chance in the England team, although at that time of year, you know, had some real competition from your Lampard, your Gerrards, etc. Bit moody, bit controversial. He went to Tottenham after Blackburn, played 93 matches there, scored 12 goals. I think he fell out with Tottenham, that's the rumour, with Hoddle Rather at Tottenham, that was the rumour. Ended up managing Tottenham and managing Villa. Yeah, never really quite settled as a manager, ended up at Swindon doing something. Not sure what he's doing now. But what he was, was, like I say, another really influential player. Not necessarily the only player or the biggest influence on the Premiership win that season, but certainly uh, he had a big influence on that success. Tim Sherwood, good player. Very creative, actually. More creative than the other three that I've picked. He, of those, of the four I've picked, I'd say that Sherwood was the best one on the ball in terms of passing, vision. Not as defensive, not a great tackler, but going forward and creating opportunities for your Shearer and your Suttons. He was brilliant. So my last midfielder, one of the greatest midfielders ever in the Premier League in England, began his career in 1995 at West Ham. And that's where his father actually played. And of course, it is Frank Lampard. So best known for his time really at London Rivals, Chelsea from 2001-2014 as a player. Obviously now he's gone back as a manager and signed for £11 million, bought by Claudio Ranieri. Which I didn't really realise actually. I forget that that was kind of his era back then. 13 years with Chelsea, prolific scorer from midfield. I know that you did want to pick him. But I kind of said, please, can I have him? Because he's that good. And he became Chelsea's all-time leading goal scorer with 211 goals scored in all competitions. He won so much stuff. Three Premier League titles, a Champions League, four FA Cups, Europa League. And he's the only midfielder to have scored 150 plus goals in the Premier League. The only midfielder. And he's fourth in the Premier League's all-time assist table with 102 assists. And he reached double-digit goals 10 seasons for Chelsea. I think you said a couple of weeks back some statistics about him being their top goal scorer. Yeah, I think two seasons running. Yeah. A few penalties in that, but he was, I mean, he was prolific, wasn't he? Yeah, ridiculous. He had a really good triangle in midfield. He had Makaleli, SCN, and then Frank Lampard. Do you remember that? And then Frank had the space to just run, like you said, box to box. Mm. No one could ever really track his runs because he would just, out of nowhere, suddenly just get to the penalty area and then score a great goal. His telepathic understanding with Didier Drogba, a fantastic work ethic. Didn't you once watch him live? Well, yeah, we saw him at, uh, in the FA Cup semi-final. Blackburn Chelsea at Old Trafford. Can't remember the year, but I remember. I do remember vividly extra time in the hundred and something minute, and he was still box to box. Like you say, his energy was incredible. Very similar to Vieira, actually, in that yeah, sort of respect. Yeah. Real sort of box to box midfielder. So the four that I picked all together, I had David Silva, David Beckham, Two Guy, and then Frank Lampard. Quite an interesting mix, I'd say. And then the four that you went for, Dad? Tim Sherwood, Patrick Vieira, Roy Keane and Angola Kante. Anyone that you think 
we might have missed. Yeah, well, you got your Gerard. I was tempted with Gerard. Yeah. Gerard Lampard. Skulls. Very, very similar skull. I mean, you can go on forever. There was, I mean, there's midfielders aplenty through the Premier League years. We've been blessed with fantastic midfielders, really. So we're going to have Barney of the Week. This is where we look at some of the best hairstyles ever to have featured in the Premier League. You go first, Dad. Pondering this, I mean, I was looking at Patrick Vieira. Right. Looking at some of the players that he played with, I spotted Roberto Pires, part of the Invincible team, was with Arsenal for a few years. Frenchman with flowing locks. Quite hunky, if I remember rightly. A French charmer, a bit like David Ginola. A bit like David Ginola, but a French charmer. I think he was the first ever Alice Band. Do you reckon? In the Premier League. Could have been. So, uh, yeah, he's got this flowing French locks, French charmer. Possibly the first Alice band in the Premier League, so I'm going for Roberto Perez. Well, my guy also did wear an Alice band, but he did a lot more. We had David James last week, and from one David to another, I've gone for David Beckham. (laughs) Is that a good accent, David Beckham? Yeah, 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 very good. (laughs) Thank you. He had cornrows, he had the middle parting, he had the spiked Sonic Hedgehog look. He had it shaved off at one point. He did rock the Alice band. My personal favourite was probably the middle parting. I think that was kind of the traditional Beckham look. And obviously now he's gone on to be a very hunky, hunky man. But David Beckham has got to be there as one of the best Barnets of all time. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Best free kick taker and best Barnet. Right, that's it for this week. We've had our eight overall midfielders that we think the Premier League has ever seen. A real mixture, I'd say. We've had debate about whether we should have people like Sterling and Mane in as midfielders. But that comes on to what we're going to do next week. So next week, we're going to be looking at... Strikers. Yeah, we're going to look at some of the best strikers and forwards that have ever featured in the Premier League. Till then, keep eating lots of chocolates, stay safe and stay positive. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.